As we record this episode of Poll Hub, there is but one story. All the world is following the COVID-19 pandemic. And while things are changing every minute, we've taken the pulse of the American public with our partners at NPR and PBS NewsHour. What concerns us most? Which organizations do we trust? We're going to dig into that. And we'll also check in on the Democratic presidential primary. Remember, that that's still going on. Another election night, another big set of wins for Joe Biden. We are looking ahead. So let's get started. And hi, everybody. Welcome to Poll Hub. I'm J.D. Dapper, Director of Innovation here at the Marist Poll. And I'm Barbara Carvalho, Director of the Marist Poll. And I'm Lee Marengoff, Director of the Marist College Institute for Public Opinion. And we are sitting roughly six feet apart from one another. We may actually be a little shy of that, but don't tell on us. We are trying to keep as safe as possible. Um, and last, we're all currently healthy. All currently and, healthy. Uh, Although, no, as no we s- know, that doesn't necessarily mean anything yeah. because mm-hmm. we could be carrying. Anyway, um, this was uh, the topic last week for obvious reasons. And now, as we noted at the beginning, this is really the only thing pretty much anybody in the world is talking about for, for good reason. Um, and we uh, decided that it was worth getting uh, a sense, a pulse, like we said, of the American people to see what people are thinking about. Again, and I just want to underline this, because it's your line, but I want to underline it. It's a snapshot in time. So before we even discuss these numbers, when were we in the field yeah. with them? And because every it's a moving target, right? Yeah, every it, day is different. It, exactly. And I thought that was uh, certainly the point I was going to make at the starting uh, start also. So please do. I, I think I will. We were in the field on Friday and Saturday. And so the 13th and the 14th yes, of March, and, and so which already feels like a lifetime ago. Yeah. And so the information that we have is sort of at the time that the president started changing his tone and became more um, aware and speaking to the point of the crisis and starting to step up the reaction. And so I think that when we talk about what the polls showed, I think we have to understand that that that's the time frame. It's worth remembering that Friday also was the day the market had the huge rebound off of the huge dive on Thursday, which had followed the Wednesday night primetime address. Again, I mean, it feels like a lifetime ago, uh, and these things happen every day. As we speak right now, the market has dropped a tremendous amount from that point on Friday. So Mm -hmm. it is worth, as we discuss this, it's always worth keeping in mind that snapshot in time, people's views may change. But I think it is significant what some of these numbers show about what some sectors of the population think. So what we did find was obviously the uh, people's concern about uh, COVID-19 has risen um, and certainly much different than just six weeks ago uh, when we did a poll that showed only 44 percent of Americans uh, were concerned that the uh, uh, coronavirus uh, may come to their community. Now it's 70%. And really across the board, uh, Republicans, 58% have a heightened level of concern. Democrats are at 84% from 52%. So there was already a majority of Democrats that were concerned um, in the beginning of February. And then independents, 68%. And the reason why I'm highlighting the partisanship here, although it's not as significant, um, you can hear the difference. Um, between Democrats and Republicans, but both feel that um, there is a significant problem that we are facing. But what we found here is that they're literally 
looking at two different worlds and two different perspectives, um, at least in this poll. Perhaps as the gravity of the situation um, has increased this week uh, with both the states and the federal government um, taking much more significant action, and certainly businesses around the, uh, around the country uh, being at the forefront of, of, the, of the caution. Um, but um, what, we, what, we've see, what we did see was that um, Democrats were taking the situation uh, much more seriously, seeing it as a real threat. In fact, um, most Democrats do see it as a real threat. And what was really, really surprising um, in, this, in this data was that back in the beginning um, of, of February, um, 66 percent of Americans said they believed that the virus was a real threat. Now it was 56 percent. So it's gone down. You 10 heard that right. It went down 10 from points. From the beginning of February to the middle of March, as the pandemic has reached our shores in significant and, and, numbers. And as Barb has alluded to, that really is a. Um, speaks to the changing perspective that different folks have. And in fact, that, the, that's what's driving this. Yeah. And in fact, the Republicans, in terms of Republicans who think it's been blown out of proportion. The well, yeah, I was just going to I was yeah. just going to finish because the opposite of that was we did ask whether people felt that the um, you know discussion of the threat was exaggerated, that this was something that was being blown out of the proportion. So we, we asked and two questions. This, no, 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 these, oh, this were, these, were, these, these were these were two choices of the same question. Do you think it's a real threat? Do you think it's being blown out of proportion? Or, exactly. or do you think it is? And exactly. so this time around, 56% um, of Americans felt that it was a real threat, uh, and 38% of them thought that it, had, it was exaggerated or blown out of proportion. And it compares to 66% last time and 27%. So you actually saw this, uh, you know, this narrowing between the between the two uh, positions. And Lee, you were, you yeah, were I was going just into say, the fact you, of how, where that change occurred. Yeah, and I think that when you look at Republicans, the percentage of Republicans who think that this has been, as of Saturday, blown out of proportion was 23% growing to 54%. A majority of Republicans actually have the view this past weekend that this was being blown out of proportion, despite a general sense of greater concern, nonetheless, it's not what they so are buying what into. What really strikes me about that is we know factually that Republicans or self-identified Republicans from other polls uh, consume different media from, for instance, self-identified Democrats. And, and one of the main sources of media is Fox News. Fox News had a very dramatic and well-documented turnaround after Trump's Friday news conference, which was his really reset. And by the time you get to Saturday, you know, although Sean Hannity wasn't on the air, I mean, even Friday night, Sean Hannity was saying, yep, this is serious. Now we now the president is battling and bringing un, uh, unprecedented forces to battle this pandemic. Two days earlier, you know, it was like, the, the the party line was yeah it's just not that big well, a deal well so, there will be you know there will be more polls and I think just as the situation is changing I think public opinion is changing mm -hmm. I mean we saw the bouncing around of the the, the stock market which continues uh, to fluctuate and to have uh, have problems uh, but recognize that 
most Americans right now are getting a real sense of how this has changed daily life and daily routines, whether it's the empty shelves um, in the supermarkets, um, it's the schools you know, closed closing in like down all kinds of states. Like, Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, closing of schools, uh, parents now being in the role of teacher, uh, teachers and, and uh, homeschooling uh, their children, and also the whole job picture. Many people um, being either let yeah, that, go. To me, Barb, I, and I want you to sort of emphasize this, that I thought was one of the most dramatic impacts that yes. people have had on that particular question. Absolutely. We, we did ask. We asked a number of uh, situations that potentially could have occurred as a result of coronavirus, and we wanted to find out whether people uh, were experiencing these. And the, what Lee's alluding to is we asked whether people uh, had been let go from their job or had uh, their work hours reduced. Now, understand, we asked, um, we asked everyone because we didn't want to just assume because you're not employed currently that somehow your situation hadn't changed due to uh, COVID-19. And 18%, almost one in five um, Americans, said that they had either lost their job or had their hours reduced uh, just recently because of the coronavirus. And, and that was, be, that was Friday Saturday. and Saturday. That as was as of Saturday. Saturday. Yeah. Since then, as we sit here on Wednesday, multiple states have issued essentially edicts. Everybody closed down, or all restaurants and all, all mm -hmm. gathering places started. All stores in some states, other than drugstores well, and and essential and services. Yes, I mean, gas and then the station, travel agency, convenience the, stores, the travel industry. Nobody's working in the travel industry, right? I mean, so, all those jobs. So some of the other things that um, the ways people had had changed uh, mm -hmm. their behavior, uh, nearly half of Americans uh, by last week had already canceled plans uh, to, and so that they could avoid crowds. So they they weren't they weren't going um, to family events or you know other um, uh, conferences or other types of events uh, where there was going to be a crowd. And I know we saw a lot of um, publicity about younger people. People going to bars and partying and all, you know, really not taking the whole situation seriously. Um, but we didn't really see significant age differences uh, when we when we looked at that um, number. Now, granted, any each percent equals, you know, you know, tens of thousands of people. Right, so, right. Um, so just because we see a couple percent here or there. That could that could certainly make make the difference. Also, people um, had to decided to eat in more often, and um, they, as we all know, have been stocking up on food and, and, and other supplies. <laughs> yeah. I think I think in order to get out of this is that there is a, a need for people to believe the information, to have to feel that those who are providing the information are credible. But that, that gets, but that, and that gets back to trust the, in institutions, which we've yes. talked about repeatedly on this podcast because we've done repeated polls about yeah. trust in institutions which and, has been on a client since you know 1968 or yeah. 1974 or whatever number you want and you do get clearly the, what people's perception of politics and social interaction is you know filtered through who they listen to who they find credible and who they believe and i you know on one hand i was heartened by the fact that 84 percent of this poll do believe the public health experts so Science seems to matter uh, to people, and I think obviously some of the folks in there have become sort of national uh, heroes in terms of 
their credibility. Yeah, Anthony Fauci standing by the president is yes. maybe the best thing the president has, has had going for yeah. him in the last few months. And then state and local governments. And I think that's interesting because that's where people have sensed the action has been occurring. The governors and mayors have been very active in trying to, to address things. Uh, news media divides evenly, um, which isn't a terrible score for the news media because they've been lower in other times, but I think people see that these folks are on the front lines trying to provide information. And not surprisingly, Donald Trump was at the low point at 37%, having a good or great deal of confidence in his information uh, credibility, and 60% said no. Now, having said that, he's been talking a different tune the last 48 hours or so, and maybe that is going to you know move us in a more unified direction assuming, and it's a big assumption, that that different tone does continue, because I think that's very important, right, to get us moving in a positive direction. As you mentioned, we've talked a lot about trust in institutions. Yes, Jay was saying, yeah. Are you guys surprised how politicized this issue got so quickly? Well, I I think initially the president was talking about it as an economic matter and as one which was the word hoax showed up, as one in which was going to vanish very soon. It was well, he was attacking the Democrats. Yeah, and so that's going to, and so that's how the politics has been being played in this country since Bill Clinton and Newt Gingrich. Yeah, does anything surprise us? Should anything surprise us for getting politicized? I I think that's what, I mean, that's what the era, and I don't know how long an era, maybe an eon, (laughs) maybe an age that we live in, in which nothing is not politicized. The Easter egg bunny roll down the White House well, lawn has been politicized. Well, but I, I, mean, I, I thought, I still, I still believe, yeah, well, you know, that there were that, some That's not what I mean. That was earlier. Whether it's uh, terrorism yeah. or, you know, health crises. Um, so I think I, I was somewhat um, taken aback by the fact that there wasn't this um, rallying behind um, this particular situation since... Um, since even bioterrorism has been something that has been um, talked about and uh, people have been concerned about um, in in the past. But doesn't that come from the leadership? So if Mm. if Donald Trump in in February had taken the tone that he's taking now, um, would it be less politicized? I don't know, but I Mm. don't think I think the politicization, if in a case of extreme emergency can be stopped, but it's by the leader when Rudy Giuliani said, don't blame the Muslims. It's not an, We're not at war with Muslims after 9-11. When George Bush stood on the pile and said, we're coming together, all the world is coming together, those were things that were unifying. They weren't politicized. Neither one of them said Democrats are bad people or this or that or the other thing. And that's just not what happened early on in this case. But one thing um, you did point out, Lee, that um, one group that Americans still do trust, not only the public health officials, but I think they were looking to their state governments um, as well. And there was certainly a lot of confidence um, feeling that the states had uh, gotten ahead of the of the situation, and they also scored quite highly among most people, um, particularly Republicans and independents, in um, people believing the information that they got from their state and local governments was in fact true. And some of that, that some of that's do? the vacuum that they felt they were filling because the, you know they've been sort of imploring the federal government to step up while they feel they needed sure. to. So let me also step a little further away from that and say. In, a, in any poll where we're polling the nation, the Republicans are going to tend to not come from 
states like New York and California, right? Aren't we more likely to have Republicans in other Red states? states? Of course, right? sure. So the 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 governors who have been most active have not all been Democrats, no. but they've been from states where you might be less likely to see Republicans. So, for instance, California, Ohio, Illinois, New Jersey, New York, Connecticut, now Pennsylvania, um, these are states where the state government has really gone hard and fast. Um, Louisiana, it's, uh, you got a lot of Republicans probably in a poll that you'd be doing there, but mm. it is, it's a Democratic governor. I'm just wondering if, if some of that divide, uh, some of that faith in state governments is that um, our state governments reflect our politics more than than uh, than they would at a national level. And I think, though, also um, Republicans and independents who lean Republican um, tend to have just a, a greater sense of trust in the states. If we think a lot of if we think about a lot of our different policies, um, whether it's um, abortion policy or it's gun policy. Um, the, the Republican position is really leave that up to the state and local governments so that they feel that, that's, that those are individuals who are closer to their communities, closer to the way they live, you know, even yeah. regardless of political no, party. Because as you mentioned, there are, right. you know, there, there are some red states with Democratic but, governors. But the state's right theoretical thing I think is true. But then on the other hand, look around where we are here in New York. I'm not sure you're going to find many Republicans that we would stop on the street and say, that Andrew Cuomo, he's doing that. Heck of a job. <laughs> well, maybe, you know what, maybe on this yeah. issue, because he certainly has been at the forefront um, of preparing the state uh, for this for this. Yeah, I wanted to problem. just uh, switch gears just for one second, uh, not to get into a polling aspect of, of this crisis, but we well, are polling. That is what we do. That, and we are polling into <laughs> the middle of this crisis. And right. one of the questions is, that I think you know, gets asked is, you know, well, what does this tell you about public opinion and how are people responding to it? And I, I hearken back to right after 9-11 when we were polling prior to that in New York City because it was a mayoralty election, election day. and we were doing a lot of polls. Day, yeah. And then 9-11 happened and, you know, obviously there was a lot in the days immediately following 9-11 that was still literally in the cloud of, of, of what had occurred. And we sort of had to make a decision as to at what point do we get in and measure public opinion? Uh, because on the one hand, people are thinking about lots of things, and maybe a public opinion poll wasn't what was high on their list. We waited about two weeks, as I recall, mm -hmm. from from the from that date in September. And then when we did reach out to New York City residents to get their reactions to what had been going on, we probably had an, the highest response rate we'd ever gotten in mm -hmm. a poll. Everybody wanted to talk. Everybody had something on their right. mind, and they really, really, really wanted well, to share so it. So another two weeks from now, if we go into the field with half of Americans uh, you know, hunkering down at home and everything with the kids yelling and everything really else. talk to well, us. We could have some incredible polling. Yeah, well, I just feel that that's something to be said because, you know, on the one hand, you're putting out a poll, um, and on the other hand, you know, you are talking to people who are feeling this. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. so you have to be sensitive so, so to we, that. We, we, uh, so I, if we could, just uh, before we go, uh, there was an election last night, <laughs> Tuesday night, uh, in, not in Ohio, could have been, but in Arizona, Florida, and Illinois. Uh, Joe Biden uh, is racking up the delegates. Um two things I want to look at. One, real quickly, we um, did polling in Ohio and Arizona. One thing people are asking, because it could go all the way to the fall, is how does coronavirus affect, this pandemic affect voting? And do we, is there anything in our polling versus the results that could help indicate anything on that? Did we see anything? 
No, I thought the polls were pretty accurate, and most of the polling that's been done, you know, the right way has been getting the right result, and I don't think there's any difference. Obviously, in Ohio, they didn't actually have the vote. We didn't have a vote, so, yeah. So we didn't have the confirming numbers. Our numbers in Arizona were, were, were pretty spot on, and I think that people should also recognize that they're not really doing exit polls because they're doing phone polls because of the largerly vote and the fact that the day of voting and the mechanics of doing that well, it's face-to-face -face interviewing, yeah, and, and so not that, you know, not many people want to be handed a you know a a, a ballot uh, from someone else right, to, yeah. to which, fill which, out. Which may have been Don't why the coverage <laughs> on some states, the coverage and the projections were a little slow because they didn't have the exit poll that they usually have to base their judgments on. But nonetheless, I think, I think it, it all worked fine yeah, I, I in terms think that, of the coverage. Anyway. Our polls and other polls of these states ended up, be, the good polls, the quality polls, ended up being pretty close to spot on, or certainly yeah. you know, very close, which indicates to me that whatever the turnout was, that there doesn't seem to be an impact that, it, there may be an impact overall, but it doesn't seem to affect one section of the population more. The people are talking about, oh, younger voters will be a higher percentage of the population in voting. Well, we don't know that because we don't have the exit polls, but nothing, none of the numbers seem no, to bear that out did, any that change. Didn't, that didn't seem to be the case. I mean, I think one thing it did point out was how important uh, early voting mm -hmm. is and can be um, in, in the states that allow for that. I think Ohio was a state that probably had um, the least access to early voting, and so that's why you really saw that postponed. Where on the other hand, um, in Arizona, you know, more people voted early than voted on election day, um, and that was actually an expectation even before uh, before uh, COVID nineteen. And um, I think also, it, it seems to have taken really the air and intensity out of the Democratic primary. So, what does that mean? going forward. Let's, uh, let me just assume, I'm going to make a giant assumption and the Bernie f bros aren't going to be happy about it. Let's assume that Joe Biden is the nominee and this lasts into the summer, the pandemic, some, uh, something about the pandemic, some disruption mm -hmm. of life mm -hmm. lasts until the summer. Is this a reset of the entire election? Is it a reset on Donald Trump uh, and, and the verdict on well, him? Is think, it a reset for Joe Biden? Well, I think we're going to have to, I mean, we don't even know that there's going to be Democratic and Republican conventions at this point. So I think, you know, the, right now there's some talk in the Democratic National Committee about not rescheduling the primaries, but having a mail-in vote over an extended period no, I mean, of time. No, I mean the fall. What, well, the fall, I mean, Making yeah. the assumption it's going to be Biden v. Trump in the okay. fall. Knowing what we know right now and how little we know about what could come, does this completely scramble everything? Does well, right now, right now it is you know the equalizer in terms of uh, you know just just as the economic crash in uh, in, in the Obama McCain election uh, in 07, uh in 08 rather. Oh, wait, uh, was uh, so important in redefining that agenda. I think right now, you know, healthcare was already top and center uh, for people. That hasn't changed with this, and I think leadership becomes a very important condition factor. Uh, Joe Biden had been doing that before this had occurred, but as far as where this is going to turn out in red states and blue states and battleground states, I mean, I think this will be really premature to speculate about that. Well, what? it can, I mean, I think it can also. Um, sober things up, at least it has in the Democratic primary. I think it's hard for people to anticipate great upheaval and change um, in, in the political realm when 
they are having this great upheaval um, economically and personally. But, so what that means for the fall can actually play both ways, depending right. upon well, which one you trust. Well, that's what I was thinking is Donald Trump's strongest card by far was the economy. Oops, not anymore. But now, now, but is his strongest card now if he takes this leadership position that people feel mm-hmm. like, like they begin to believe in, even if some people who didn't like him begin to believe in it and say, well, I don't really like him, but actually he's not, you know, he finally he stood up and did this. Through. What happens? Exactly. I mean, all of a sudden his strong card is his weak card and his weak card is his strong card. And I mean, change and whew. change may not be what people want. Right. Yeah. Which is why Biden is doing well against. Bernie Sanders, Sanders right yeah. now. So what but he, may have a tougher time. Uh, we'll, we'll, time. So be, we'll see. Be, it's all about timing. Yeah, it's all about timing. To, before we go to the end, I just we should think about, how, is there are there different questions that we ask to get at that than that we normally ask in national polls? Is there something to ask to get at the way people's views of this change over the next three or four months? I think it's, it will be really, really interesting to see how the polls evolve because we had been so incredibly polarized. We had two separate worlds, two different views at the start of this. And to see if, in fact, there is some kind of coming together, unifying, um, you know, uh, circumstance that does get us focused uh, as a country as a whole, as opposed to uh, you know this division that we've been we've been seeing. Unfortunately, to be, to be continued. I yeah. mean, I just think this is a, obviously the democracy and people's health care are two very front and center issues, and both are up. Both but as are we being... see, things change in a blink. <laughs> yeah. Well, fortunately, we have the opportunity to continue to do the weekly podcast, whether it's remotely or not. We have all the equipment and everything set up and a contingency plan in place. So don't worry. As you're stuck at home or maybe not stuck at home, maybe wandering outside uh, your uh, your door with your dog because it's the only way you can get outside, um, uh, grab your headphones. We will be around uh, providing you lots of interesting insights and detail. We will continue to be doing Poll Hub throughout this. This edition, however, of Poll Hub has come to an end. Poll Hub is a production of the Marist Poll at Marist College in Poughkeepsie, New York. Mary Griffiths is our executive producer. She's also learning how to be a teach-at-home mom, which is, I'm not sure how that's going. Well, I, heard, get her. I heard Let's she get had her laryngitis on. already. <laughs> I want to get her on next week and at least just get an update on it. I, I think she would make a terrific teach-at-home mom. Well, we, we'll see. We'll ask her boy. I don't want to be edited <laughs> out, obviously. <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> Casey Schaff is our editor as well. Thanks to her. She's uh, always doing a great job on this, and she'll be editing this and getting it out to the world. And as I say every week at this point in the program, thanks to the Roper Center Archives, we were taking actually a look at some of how different presidents were doing in different crises and how that was affecting them, and that was kind of interesting stuff. Maybe at some point we'll bring that uh, forward. Um, but that archives at Cornell University, and they do provide us with the trends and look back at time. And this is a time that we want to look back as we look forward. And if, of course, if you have questions or comments, please reach out to us on social media. We're still going to be at Maris Paul on Twitter and Maris Paul on Facebook and Instagram. And of course, don't just watch television. Uh, <laughs> Listen to the listen to Poll Hub, and also if you want to learn more about polling and kind of get ahead on things uh, before the fall elections, uh, we talk about the, our online Marist Poll Academy each week. So it's visual and engaging. Uh, case you studies. Can, there are case studies, um, and it's free. So <laughs> take take a look if you have a little bit of time on your hands. Everybody's now. got a lot of time on their hands. 
And finally, if you like what you hear on Poll Hub, please consider leaving a review on your podcasting app of choice. And everybody, we want sincerely to you know keep your six feet, wash your hands, be careful. Uh, this is tough times, and we just have to plow ahead, uh, but be careful and safe. Thank you.